this is Blues Brothers on Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ as we follow the fortunes of the Blues and their chase for glory in Super Rugby Pacific 2024. And they are well placed. Well placed are the Blues to race to the top this year. I truly do believe that. And part of the first, I think, three or four seasons with the Blues uh, was their wonderful mercurial halfback for the Blues junior, Ofisa Tonu'u. He joins us now. Welcome in, Ofisa. Salo for lover, Steffi, and uh, yeah, here we go, another season enough. already. Yeah, I know, it's, it's come around quick, mate, it's come around quick. Can you, cricket season. Can we I'm looking t- forward to the Australians coming here playing some T20 and we're talking rugby. Oh, I know, I know. actually we had a listener ring up before saying, can you ask Afisa about how much he enjoys the Black Clash and playing cricket for Samoa? Oh, I tell you what, um, I, I really do, I really do uh, I love my cricket, I... I I mean, I, I, was, I mean, I've told the story before, but I was a young Wellington boy for Rongatai and used to go down swag, wag, I mean, sorry, just going off to the Basin Reserve <laughs> and watching the West Indies there train on the outer field there just by the outfield and, uh, and and watching them, you know, do their stuff and their swag and, and just the way that they play cricket and love cricket, it sort of hooked me in. But uh, coming from a, a, a pretty proud cricket school like Rongasai, like Smithy used to be there and, and, uh, and a few others, Bruce Edgar, and I think it's sort of sort of into a Samoan boy just giving it a crack. Yeah, nice, nice. Can you turn the clock back? Did You you took part in the first season of Super Rugby, am I right? Yeah, correct, the first three. And then I uh, the fourth one, I went down to, to my hometown in Wellington to play with the Hurricanes, but yeah, that, that, uh, that first one in 96 was... Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty special. Yeah, and um, the very first game was the Blues Hurricanes in my hometown of Palmerston North, and it went off. Oh, 100%. I, I think, and also a, a night game too, because we're not used to playing at night. Everything was all afternoon footy, and um, and I think sort of the whole, you're waiting a whole day for a, a 7.30 kickoff, I think it was, and, um, you know, so that was a new experience in itself. And also, you know, going into a training room and uh, trying to w- warm up in the training room and uh, and hearing all those fireworks and the entertainment going on the outside of, of what's going on. It was like, whoa, what's going on here? And, and when we ran out and busted through these uh, uh, sort of curtains and, and introduced us uh, into Super Rugby, and it was uh, something special. And, and the rest is history. Yeah, it is. Won the first two, did the Blues. Um, they won, I think, in about 2003 again, and then they won the Trans-Tasman COVID Cup as well. Looks like a pretty settled side to me. Well, settled and exciting, uh, Fisa. Um, if, I had to, if someone had to twist my arm and say, who do you think is going to win this year? I actually do think the Blues are best placed to win this team with, with the squad that they've got. Yeah, lots of and, and a change of scenery, change of voice here too is uh, is going to be good for some of those players. I mean, coming off the uh, back of the uh, Rugby World Cup, you're always going to get some fresh new ideas um, with uh, Vern Cotter there, and I know Bose is uh, he's very technical and and he lo- he's Mr. Rugby in my mind. Uh, uh, growing up and playing with him in Wellington, and for him to come up here, I think the guys or the players will really enjoy the way that he approaches the game and and how he sees things, and 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 also not so much as a robotic, but also 
be able to unlock some of that flair but manage that risk on on the field if that makes sense. So mm. I think uh, that'll be really good for the team. And, and by all accounts, you know, things are starting to look like it's, uh, it's coming together nicely. There's There's been like some observations that Blues teams in the past um, let their flamboyance get away with them a little bit sometimes. You know, there's a lot of flashy players. I sort of feel like Vern Cotter's the right man for the now, for the Blues, to just bring it all back to, to what's important. Yeah, no, Vern, uh, and no, Vern, I went to Bermuda with him, and he's a very firm and hard man, with a, a real purist of rugby, and uh, and like I mentioned with uh, Jason O'Halloran, it's a really nice balance between the both, but also being over play, his uh, experience overseas with Scotland, and I know he's done some work in France, and and also with Fiji, so he he's got a really good repertoire of how he likes to coach, and and hopefully they can bring that in and manage the risk a little bit more, but not suppressing what they want to do and express themselves on a rugby field, if that makes sense. Mm. Halfbacks, uh, obviously, your your vogue. Uh, Finlay Christie, Sam Nock. Uh, there's another one in the Blues squad who, whose name escapes me. Quite well surfed in the nine jersey, the Blues. Yeah, you know, really experienced now. Those guys have been uh, in that number nine jersey, or fighting for that number nine jersey for a while. Uh, it'd be good to see uh, Sam Knocker. Uh, you know, he's due for a big one, and I still think that he's got enough to get to the next level. But uh, uh, Finlay Christie, I think he's got some unfinished business too, and really wants to come out and play good to really cement that vacant number nine All Black jersey. So big, big season for both, and uh, I think as uh, Finaki is, uh, I think the uh, the other number nine yes, Finaki, was yes. a big bit uh, uh, of big hair, and I, I've seen him. <laughs> And some of the highlights, uh, he's been quite prevalent in all the scoring parts of it. So um, there's a lot of good com- and competition's good. Evocational competition and in all positions is always good. It will just iron will always sharpen iron. In the past, we've seen Bowden Barrett play ten and fifteen. Damien McKenzie ten and fifteen. Stephen Perifeta ten and fifteen. I want to get him a real red hot crack at ten. Hundred percent. I think uh, it's uh, it's been a, a position or a theory that's been tried. I don't think that uh, Bogues or Jason O'Halloran will will, will is, is that's part of what he 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 make up. I think his make up is he'd like a specialist number fifteen, and and you want a ten that'll just direct the guys around the football field, um, get them in good positions, uh, and with an educated boot. And I think Stephen Perifeta is, is is a good is good for that, and uh, and he's. And he's also dangerous if in, in open play as well. Uh, um, but uh, just to keep him in the 10 jersey would be my thinking is, is the area they'll, they'll approach. And then we've got a few guys that can really you know, push for that number 15 jersey. But uh, but I, I, I'm like you. I, I just like a, a 10 just to be solely a 10 and not, not to muck around with it. Often talked about the combination between the nine and ten, but as a very high-performed nine yourself, I want to ask you about the combination between the eight and the nine, and that's the transfer from the forwards' responsibility to the backs' responsibility. And in Rico, uh, sorry, in Akira Yuani, Hoskins are two, two, two very good number eights. Can you tell me about how you work on a combination between an eight and nine, and and what's important? Yeah, that combination, uh, eight, nine, and I'll throw in ten there as well is really the the core of the team, and they're the real directors of it. You sort of had, we, I mean, this is only uh, my perspective, but we had a, a number 12 that was in, in 13, which was a Ronnie all sort of dictating the uh, uh, back defence, and then we also had fours like Robin Brook and 
Fitzy or looking after the forwards in terms of what they're going to do, scrum set piece. But in terms of the general direction of getting us around the field, um, Zinni was always the, the main man and, and we were his lieutenants. But not every day, every game, he was on, you know. And so there was, uh, we shared that balance of, of helping out in that in that area. And so the combinations of 8, 9, and 8, 9, and 10, or 9, 10, even if one goes off, the other two will be there just to keep the, the ship rolling uh, correctly. So, yeah, 100%, you know, Hoss, if he's uh, there with uh, Finlay Christie, but then if not, then you've got Stephen Perifetta or whoever the 10 is to be able to make sure that everything's aligned and everybody's on the same page to get them um, to get whatever game plan Vern and, and Vogue's have got uh, planned for the Blues. And, and that's what I'll be looking forward to too. How are the Blues going to play? You know, are they going to be structured? Are they going to, you know, give it a bit of uh, um, risk and reward? Um, so, you know, this is a hard and fast track time. So that'll be, be good to see what sort of attitude they take on on Super Rugby. It's sad news for um, Bruce fans Patrick Tuopolotu with the broken jaw. Thankfully, didn't require surgery, yeah. but he's going to be out for five or six rounds. But Dalton Papali, he well-practiced at leading teams. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it, was, it was devastated. I was seeing him um, when the World Cup period, he wasn't, you know, his arm in a sling and couldn't, you know, miss out in the World Cup. And then straight up, I bet you he was keen to get back into it. And then obviously this little setback as well. But, I mean, like, uh, the Blues are not the only ones. I, I see Will Jordan is there too. He was he was down at the Black Place. I didn't realise he had a sore shot. That's probably why he wasn't firing it in the ball in from the boundary. And uh, <laughs> only because he had a, he had a bad wing. Yeah, not good for them, not good for them, but we are blessed with good talent. Now, uh, Avisa Tanu'u is with us, former Blues all-black halfback. You've got a new appointment with Sanza. Are we allowed to talk about that? Oh, it's nothing too... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it? Yeah, it's not top secret, you know, secret squirrel, but I've, I've, I've sort of been... I suppose it's a little mini-promotion, I suppose, Uh I'm part of the judicial panel to, um, yeah, my new role there. So you do it, you're part of uh, it's a foul play review committee. Can you talk mm-hmm. us through what you yeah, guys do? Yeah, so every every game right through across the board, um, there's a a, uh, a foul play review committee, and that it makes up of, of three people. And the two players, the former players that are in there, is myself and Steph de Blanche from South Africa. And uh, any red cards or any sightings that come in, and if they are uh, a warrant to go to the next level, they have to go to a hearing. Then that that'll that'll be put pro, uh, forward to process. Will we look at all the games on on the Monday night, and then if it needs to go any further, then so be it. They'll review the the plays and the players, and then if not, then play on. But I think. Uh, uh, the cool thing about it is to be able to keep a real positive approach to it, and uh, and you know let, let rugby dictate the outcome of of all the games, and hopefully keep everybody on the field. So on a Monday night, you and Stefan Tabrach, you can't watch every single game on a Monday night. Do you review the situations that were foul play slash red cards, and make a recommendation to Sansa, or where does your recommendation go? The recommendation is sort of put together with us whether it needs to go further because all these. Um, submissions will come to us from the siting commission, uh, siting uh, officers, and then it'll be decided whether it needs to go any further. If so, then a committee will be put in place 
for the player to see if he has anything to answer for. If not, then just play on. Okay, that's pretty exciting. It's good to have your hands still in the game of rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. I, I mean, you know, always uh, love, love to go and watch the game and love to be involved in it. Um, you know, some people go and coach and some people are part of the community. Done, been there, done that, that part of it, but this is uh, also nice to be involved in, uh, um, in professional rugby and in particular this part of the game. Are you involved in rugby at all locally? Afisa, I know you're very busy with your cricket and your business and now and your yeah. exciting things. Oh, I went down for a run yesterday at uh, Pontivy pre-season training, our big 150th year uh, at the club, and uh, we've got a game uh, of the old boys versus the Barbarians in Easter, so I thought I'd better get in there early and start shopping around some Broncos or something, uh, chucking a ball around just to get ready. But other than that, I'll just be there to, to watch my sons play. They'll be uh, involved at the club and one of the senior teams, and so, uh, yeah, I'm just a volunteer and part of the community rugby like uh, most people are. And you're involved in the match fit thing in the past, with uh, which was just a fantastic initiative, and, and it really brought back to us the people like Charlie Reichelman and Ron Cribb and Troy Flavel and, and so many of yourself. Um, do, do you enjoy getting involved and, and reconnecting with guys from your from your rugby playing past? Oh, the, the, yeah. So, yes, I am involved in the, the next episode of Match Fit, and it's coming out, I, I would say, I think in March. And uh, we've done 15 weeks of filming, 15 weeks of training, and, and, and also a lot of uh, challenges. And probably just give you a little heads up, it's a bit of a rugby versus rugby league. Oh. There'll be some, some guys that you'll recognise um, uh, in both teams, um, and it's sort of accumulating with the game that's happening on Sunday. So... Uh, we'll be playing against a hybrid game uh, against some of the Australians over Brook uh, and Coe. And so I'm just, uh, yeah, it's all going to be coming out soon. So look out for it. But it's uh, it's been it's been a full on 15 weeks. It's been awesome. Uh, made some really good um, house changes in myself. And uh, and just when you think you know after you finish rugby, you know what to do and look after yourself. And then when you go to the doctors and they see what's going on inside, you sort of think, oh man. So you know, I, I do encourage a lot of my, my friends to go and, and, and get yourself checked up. And, and this show will just go through a lot of the journey that we've been through and then just give you a, a bit of an insight of what, what's happened. So what's the biggest thing you learned in that respect? Um, you might look good on the outside, but that's not doesn't uh, necessarily um, equate to what's happening, what's inside your body. And, uh, and sometimes... Um, you know, this is your blood pressure, your cholesterol. This is everything that you, and your lifestyle and some of those changes that you need to make. In particular, when the clock turns over after 50, a lot of the changes happen quite rapidly. So um, I, I say that because uh, some, some friends have passed on, as we know, uh, not only athletes, but, uh, um, you know, people that we do know in our own lives, friends and family that have just gone way too early. And we've heard this from a lot of people in a lot of areas for 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 too long, and 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 I experienced this that that uh, going to see my doctor's blood pressure, getting these checks, that I was very very close to, um, you know, it, it could happen any time. So I managed to sort of make some changes, and, and I think that uh, in that way it sort of helped me get myself into a better place in terms of my health. Awesome, mate. Well, I saw you through the windows of the studio yesterday. You're looking magnificent. You always had a great smile, but I'm pleased that you're smiling <laughs> on the inside now too. 
Yeah, thanks, bro. It was really good. And it's nice to see you there, too. I thought, oh, mate, Steph, you do work. You are live in the studio. It's like a little fish tank there. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, good luck for the game on Sunday. I might pop out uh, to Pukekohe and cheer you on, mate. Nice. We'd love to see you there. All right, buddy. Thank you. Okay, mate. All the best. See you, mate. Uh, Afisa Tonu'u there, just a great character, great character and staying involved. And I went to the, the filming the match fit thing at Pukekohe Stadium. Um, he sent me He sent me it actually last night, uh, 12 o'clock. Anyone can go and watch, and I'm pretty sure it's free because I went to the one in the last season. Um, <clears throat> you're not allowed to take photos, you're not allowed to take videos and you sign a waiver, which is fine because it's they're recording it for the big series. But it was um, it was great because a mate of mine, Scotty Waldrum, he played in it uh, a couple of years ago. But it's interesting, there's going to be some ex-leagueies there and a New Zealand-Australia type situation as well. Fantastic. So big thank you. That is uh, Blues Brothers. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go really close. Really close. They've got a really good blend. And as I mentioned to Afisa there, I think Vern Cotter is the right guy to just bring it all back to pure rugby. The flair will take care of itself, but you earn the flair. You don't start with the flair. I think he's that sort of guy. Must get Vern Cotter on, actually. I'd love to hear his philosophy in the game of rugby and what he's bringing to the Blues. But that will come up at some stage as well. We'll take our last break before three when we'll hand over to the run home.